0: Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message.
1: Thank you, Sarah. That song was so um, right for what I'm about to share with you. I'm going to share with you a story about... um, something that I didn't see coming. Um, It's probably the biggest blindside that I've ever had in my life and it it came with no warning. Um, I am really grateful to have grown up in a really safe, secure um, family that was really loving. It was, you know, I had an uneventful upbringing. Um, I'm one of four children and and I've got a dad who, you know, has always had work, a mum who stayed at home and raised us while um, we weren't at school and went back to work and, Grew up in a suburban home, um, in a neighbourhood where the kids played together, and um, and everyone knew each other. I became a Christian um, when I was 17, and at about the same time, my parents bought a new place um, in town. And so we spent the next 18 months um, as a family, really excited um, to be moving in there. We were really excited about the new season it would bring, the new lifestyle, Um, and and it was um, something that brought us actually closer together as a family. I personally was really excited to have my own bedroom um, and my own bathroom, which was, which was a new thing for me as well. So when we moved into our new place, we had the best summer together. Um, it was, it was kind of like being on holidays, except we were still working. And um, during that time, lots of really amazing things happened um, for, for everyone in our family. For me, um, I got into university and I, I sort of scored the dream job that I wanted um, that would get me through university, and my parents were getting really great opportunities, and, and things were going really, really well. Um, one day, I, you know, in January, it was a normal Wednesday. It felt um, like any other day waking up, and I, I planned on going to work. I, I was going to be dropped off, and I was going to be picked up, and my dad and I were going to um, walk down to the beach together and go for a surf, which is pretty much what we'd just been doing for the last two months. And when I was at work, my, um, my, my manager got a phone call and, and I asked her who it was and she said that it was my dad who'd called and he'd said um, he was going to come and pick me up early. And this was really weird for us because, you know, the way I was raised was that you work hard for the time you're being paid for and it was really strange for them to pick me up <laughs> early. Um, and so I asked if I could go and find out why, what, if I could call them back and... As I was walking to the phone, I, I sort of just got this feeling in the pit of my stomach and I thought something really bad must have happened. And I started imagining trying to work out what could it have been and, and I went to the worst case scenario I could think of and I remember that my little brother was down on the central coast skating and I thought maybe he's been bashed or maybe he's stacked in and he's broken his neck and he's in hospital so they're picking me up so we can go down and see him and So I called up, and I found out my brother was fine, um, but I also found out that my mum had just died in a car accident. Even when I tried to think of the worst thing, I still didn't see it coming. And I wish I could tell you that that's where my story ended. Um, But within 24 hours, my dad had decided to move away for work, um, which meant that we actually also had to move out of that home that we'd been looking forward to living in for so long. And, you know, my dad checked out of our family, and, and my family fell apart. And um, what followed were five really difficult years. Um, Years that every day was a struggle. And I didn't see it coming that morning when I woke up. But, you know, that's not the only thing that I didn't see coming that day. Um, It's not the only story that began that day. You know, God started his own story in my life that day. And it's a story that um, can really easily, I think, be summarised from a passage in Romans. Romans. Um, in Romans 5. I'll just find it. It begins in verse 2 and it says, And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And you know, I didn't see hope coming for a long time, but that is something that did come out of that story. And I'm looking forward to sharing a little bit more of of it with you in our Q&A. But before then, we're going to hear another story from Pietro.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Brody, again for the introduction. Much appreciated. I want to start off this evening by just sharing a passage of Scripture from Psalm 127. And it talks about children. It says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is a man who fills his quiver with them; He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. So uh, my wife and I, we got married in 1992 uh, and uh, I was 27 years of age at the time. And we thought we'd just, you know, spend a few years just doing our thing. And by the age of 30, it's now 1995, I decided, you know what, let's, let's try to start a family, babe. And good idea. So we had a few plans together coming from an Italian family, wanted to have a, a quite a large family. Um, so I didn't see it coming when I when we realized that after a period of time we we're trying to have children we couldn't actually fall pregnant um, and so I had a, a test with a urologist and the results came back that um, I had this thing called Klinefelters. filters I've never heard of Klinefelters, filters and Klinefelters filters is a genetic condition that in, impacts one in 500 men and it's where you were born with the extra X chromosome. So women out there would probably realise that they are XX in their chromosome makeup. Men are XY. And I actually have an extra X, so I've got this X factor thing. Maybe that helps me a little bit with uh, knowing how women operate, because I work with a lot of women every day. So maybe that's a factor there. But one of the biggest challenges with having clone filters is that you actually are sterile, and your body doesn't produce enough testosterone to produce sperm. Hence the reason why uh, we became infertile. but with climate filters, with this extra X, uh, these days you probably you could be termed to having a, what's called intersex on the LGBTIQ spectrum, and so these conditions 25 years ago weren't around. And what it did for me personally was it really impacted on my mental health and my ability just to to relate. You know, was I a bloke? Not really. I'm sort of shooting blanks. Was I? You know, I'm not really a female. But one of the other things that, you, that that happened is that you you grow you develop breast tissue, so that became embarrassing going to the beach and. And obviously wanting to do things um, as other uh, normal, you know, blokes want to do. And so that became a bit of a challenge. So if children were a blessing from God, then obviously not having children then became a curse. If you look at scripture, there's hundreds of... uh, scriptures around children about giving birth about uh you know talks in the bible about the barren woman it talks about sarah being barren and at the age of 99 she gives birth to a son isaac and then isaac gets married to rebecca and she can't have children eventually she pleased with god and she has um, both jacob and esau so right now today tonight um there's one in six couples or around. Fifteen out of uh, some statistics will say fifteen couples out of 100 couples are really struggling to fall pregnant. Thirty percent of those are men that are infertile, just like myself. And so we had a choice. My wife and I had a choice. We're leaders at the time. We had a choice: do we walk away from God, or or do we just hang in there? And being a leader, it's it's really it's really challenging. So you know, I avoided going to kids' birthday parties. We avoided going to hospitals and giving flowers and cards. I avoided going to Mother's and Father's Day uh, services at church. We avoided them like the plague. I honestly felt like a bit of a leper in in the situation that I was in. But we could have walked away. But then the the thought came to me, well, where the heck are we going to walk away to? And when you face this dilemma, as the disciples were in John chapter 6, Peter's faced with this dilemma where where Jesus is teaching some stuff. And Peter says this in John chapter 6, verse 68. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You only have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and we know you to be the holy one of God. So it became pretty clear for us that we either had to really dig in or basically get out of it. You know, by faith we we we, we built a, a nursery for for the, the baby that we were believing for and praying and fasting and we built this nursery and painted the room teal and we got it caught. You know, and 15 years later, we were still believing for this for this miracle. Obviously, we didn't wait around for 99 years like Soraya did, but it became it became a very big um, a challenge in our life. It, it caused us an immense amount of distress. Uh, there was there was a great feeling of. of Grief and loss, which, which nothing can take away. So tonight, if you're listening and you're going through this journey, you know exactly what that feels like, to, especially if you're a woman and you're barren. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you're a bloke, get yourself checked out if there's something not, that you, you're not sure about, because oftentimes it can be the guy and the woman has to carry all the stress, and it ought not to be that way. So we decided just to hang in there because only God knows Everything about us. The scriptures about God knowing it, the hairs of our head, and He knows everything about us. So, after a while, in 2010, we decided that we wanted to rescue some kids, because in New South Wales, there's 10,000 children that are currently in out-of-home care, which is a which is a, a massive statistic. These orphan kids, in the Bible talks. A lot about you know reaching out and, and and loving the widows and the orphans. So what Jenny and I decided to do was to become foster carers, and uh, we embarked on this journey as I said with a 15-year-old girl by the name of Jade. And I said to Jen, "Baby, it can't be that hard looking after a 15-year-old girl." Famous last words, didge? <laughs> Famous last words. She's now a mother, and the last child she had was Hudson. And my wife was actually asked to be in a birthing suit and was there to deliver the child with, obviously, the midwife and cut the umbilical cord, which was awesome. We're also godparents to the children, and and then in the last um, uh, in the last sort of six years, we've been foster carers long term for our daughters Tiffany and Yasmin, who were both eight and six at the time. So I guess, in the great words of one German supermarket, my life is good, different.
0: We have been absolutely spoiled tonight by Pietro and by Brody. And thank you so much, guys, for sharing, um, not just your your story, but sharing it in such an authentic way. Mm. Um, You know, it's not easy to come out and be real and raw. And um, I really hope that comes through to all of our watchers as well. So uh, we are moving into a bit of a Q&A, and we have got four people uh, that have got some questions for Pietro and for Brody. And so we're going to kick it off with Nathan. Nathan, can you tell us your question? Yeah, um, Brody, did you always feel like God was in control or were there times when it felt like everything was kind of in free fall? (laughs)
1: That's a good question. That is a good question. Um, I mostly felt like things were in free fall. Um, So my initial reaction was that God was in control. So right after I got the phone call when I was at work and I sort of composed myself, I actually went to the back room um, and worship God in the back room, um, which when I look back now, I think is, like, I think it was. That's just was my default, and it was, uh, you are in control. Um, but I think other things unfolded after that, and, and that's when, you know, my head started getting involved and sort of going, well, God, if you knew that was going to happen and then Dad was going to leave and, you know, I was going to have nowhere to live, and then, yeah. Yeah. you know, like... Mm. I had to move multiple times and, and so many other people died in the following five years. And so it's almost like every time mm. I started building up that belief that God is in control, it just got knocked down again. Um, but that has come back. So <laughs> I definitely do believe he's in control. And I think that part of that is, um, mm. is you know, Romans eight twenty eight says that, you know, he uses all things for good. Mm. And I think as... As I start seeing the things that he's bringing out of this, where I'm like, there is no other way that he could have, he could have taught me that. That you know, it's it's weird because it's like the worst thing that ever happened to me. Mm. In some ways, is almost, almost the best as well. And yeah. um, and I think when you can start wrestling with that, that belief that the sovereignty of God um, comes back, and probably even stronger than it was in that initial moment as well. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that was a really good answer, bros. <laughs> really good. Really good. <laughs> A sovereignty of God. Um, Chloe, your question.
1: Yeah, Pietro, were you angry with God? What did it take for the anger to resolve, or did it ever resolve?
2: Yeah, look, that's a really good question around anger. I think, as I was sharing before, about loss and grief, and anger is one of those emotions, as is obviously uh, just the shock. And, uh, and what I tried to resolve, um, Chloe, was to essentially give an out for my wife. And I said, babe, look, let's just get a divorce. You know, mm. let's, just, let's just go our separate ways. I know from just from other medical tests Jen could have children mm. um and I couldn't and I was just so angry I just thought look let's just cut our losses here you get remarried have kids I'll find a single woman with kids and I'll get on with life and that was just my way of trying to reason with, with, with what was going on mm. um to try to make you know when when a person's suffering loss and grief they they're not in the right headspace you mm. know what I mean yeah. and I wasn't in the right headspace and um it was very hard to get angry with God because, as I shared tonight, um, who do I go to? Like, what, what's 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 Plan B? What's mm. Option C for for all of this? There's no other option. Yeah. So, uh, I actually ran to God and um, and just completely just bawled my eyes out. That's the best thing I can say. I mean, guys don't cry, but I tell you what, I, Italians are really good at crying, you know. And I I t- I basically you know the bible says those that were sow in tears will reap with joy Mm, and that joy didn't come for some time later but still um it was it was a long process and it's gut-wrenching and and so for guys that are out there that are that are infertile and might be you know suffering the same sorts of things um, you're not alone and and reach out to to people Mm. our pastors were great as well at the time Yeah. yeah so good can i just add tack one thing on um in a little second
0: part of the question how do you deal with watching other people receive their miracle mm. and receive the blessing yeah. and deal with that and try to kind of um, have your relationship with God and your perspective on that?
2: Yeah, yeah look, as a Christian, it's very, very difficult. And, mm. and there might be people watching tonight, uh, today, that are, that are going through that process. Mm. Um, and you kind of want to be happy for them, like bring out the bunch of flowers and the car, but in the end you go... Well, why isn't it happening to me, God? Yeah. Like, like fair income. Like, what's going? What, what, what have I done wrong? And so you kind of really are in this tug of war with your emotions, and mm-hmm. it puts a lot of stress on your marriage as well. And it's yeah. by God's grace, Jordan, yeah. that I've been married this year, twenty-eight years. I mean, because mm. because of these, If we didn't run to God, yeah. we would be. We would have just been at each other. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And as the guy, uh, you know, so, we we have a responsibility. From God to, to to lead our family, mm-hmm. and so I, I really found that when my wife we were going through tests, IVF, this that and the other, there was a whole lot of stuff that we were trying to do. There was this thing called donor sperm, which is a bit unethical and does your head even more. Um, that in that situation, and people were. People were genuine. Like people really wanted to reach out to us, mm. and so I became godfather. I think probably t- ten kids. I've lost count now how many baby dedications I was the godfather, mm. and they and they meant well. And I and I, re- and I received that. And because it's really hard for the other party to know how to deal with. How do you deal with someone who's thirty mm. and and they can't start a family? Like it's 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 uncharted territory. And I think we all navigate as best we can. And just like Brody Brad, was sharing before, the Romans 8:28 scripture, God does work out yeah. all things together for good. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and I honestly, I see you as a father to the fatherless. Mm. Um, and you know, there's a lot of mm. biological fathers that I'm sure don't do as good a job as what you do with mm. your life and with your. I had to say that. Thanks, <laughs> mate. I'm That's, so encouraged no, by no, your think, story. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it. that means
2: that means a lot to me. So Thanks, good. buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank we're you. We're
0: going to go to the next question. We're going to Ethan. Hey Brody, um, first of all just thanks so much for sharing about the sovereignty of God, it was really good. My question is, when did your relationship with God really start to strengthen and build?
1: Mm. <laughs> a lot longer than I would like to admit. <laughs> um, I, to be honest, for probably four years just held on by a thread. Um, mm. And and by God's grace, I don't know if I held on I think he held on. And um, and But it kind of happened. It felt honestly felt like I was never going to get through it. And I even just imagined that, you know, I'm 32 now and I just looked... At, I didn't even, to be honest, think I'd make it to 30. Like, I just thought everyone died early. And so, I honestly, for so long, I didn't have any hope that it would get better. And um, after mm. four years, um, the very wise mm. Roz said, just talk to me about what she's praying for me. And she she just said, you know, that you can't be a victim in this. And, and mm. I'd never even... Thought of myself as a victim, mm. but then when I went and thought about it, I was like, "Well, I guess I kind of am because it's happened to me, and I, you know, it was out of my control and things." And um, and I was praying about it, and I was kind of like, "God, I, I just don't know what to do." And um, and he said to me, "He said, when people look at your life, what do they see?" And straight away, I was like, "Well, they see that you know, the mum's died and all of all that's come with that." And as soon as I said it, I realised. I'm a Christian, and the answer should be that they see you in my life. Mm. And, um, mm. wow. so, and, sure. and I had to repent from that. And, mm. and in doing that, what I did, the thing with a victim, it's not about circumstances, it's a mindset. It is a, everything that happens to me is out of my control. And when I repented, what actually happened was that I took back some control over my life and, and my circumstances where it was, yes, this has happened to me, but the part I'm responsible for is that I need to make God bigger than that. Now, when your whole life has been thrown upside down, like every aspect of my life, I can't even... If you named a part of my life, I could tell you how it changed because of that. So when you've now got a challenge of this has impacted my life this much and I need, I need to now have God as a bigger impact, um, God becomes a really big impact in your life. And, and that was how I got my victory in it was going okay this you know finances this is how finances have been impact what does God say about finances um, my identity is I'm an orphan but what does God say he says I'm a daughter yeah. mm, um, mm, and yeah. for yeah. a year and and it came through this it came through the verse of seek first his kingdom and all these things will be given to you and for a year I just went hard every day and I was like I'm seeking him first I'm getting his truth um, and and you know even he gave me a word he when we're in this when we're in the building and we're in the old building and it was one of the last services and we had to get a word to write on the building before we moved into the new one and straight away he gave me the word victory and I was like, I, I don't see it, I don't believe it, but I'll write it down in faith. And, um, and that victory actually came really soon after. Hmm. And, and what he showed me later on is he showed me that the first word he gave me was victim and the last one was victory. And I never wow. linked those words together until I realised they both start with four same four letters, and, and and they come from the word victus, which means conquer. And he just showed me, he's like, you, you are literally a victim or a victor. You can't be both. Either your circumstances conquer you or you conquer them. And in the Bible, it says, we are more than conquerors through Christ. Yeah. Mm. That was the only way mm. that I could That's That's get on good. top of this is because I had to bring Christ into that situation and he had to be bigger than that. My circumstances didn't change. The only thing that changed was that God was a bigger influence. So
0: yeah wow, wow. Yeah. that's awesome that's if good. i could give you a hug right now Brody, i would definitely give you a hug there's a, there a whole there's a whole message in that that's amazing um i hate that we have to keep moving we're going to keep moving last question tyler yeah this is for you Pietro. um I hope i said it right you mentioned that you are a foster parent so how has your faith in god grown since fostering kids
2: yeah thanks tyler um it's a good question about fostering look as i said before in New South Wales, there's 10,000 children that are living out of home, and uh, that's a lot of that's a lot of kids. Um, and as Christians, I think we have um, a responsibility. Um, it's interesting you just mentioned just now, Brody, about being feeling like an orphan. Mm. Um, there's a, a lot of children that just—it's not safe for them to be at home. And, and when I came to Macquarie Life Church, one of the first things that really resonated me with me, when I, as soon as I walked through the doors, was one of the core cool mission statements was rescuing children, mm. yeah. and it really impacted yeah. me because we were still in that process. And then I thought, yes, that's 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 something that we can really do. And and so I thought. I thought, you know, I'm in a church, you know, that really values children. And God values the widow and the and the and the orphan. And even though I had no experience, and I shared before about how hard would it be to look after a 15-year-old girl like dirt, it was like really hard, you know. As a bloke, you never had that opportunity, experience. But we we, we got in there. I mean, my life is about jumping in the deep mm-hmm. end. If I drown, I drown. Hopefully, I can swim, you know. <laughs> but the the beautiful thing about these kids, and one of them's here tonight, Tiffany, and she's mm-hmm. 14 years of age, and mm-hmm. she's. She's a gorgeous human being, and we had a really good chat this morning, Tyler. And I just said her, I said, "Look, I d- God didn't give me the opportunity to have biological children, but I want to be your dad. I want to be with you when you walk down the aisle, mm, you know, yeah, and get married. I want to be with you if someone wants to, you know, take you out. I'm going to be there. I'm going to take a bullet for you, <laughs> but in the arm, obviously, you know. I, like, I just and I was being honest, you know. I was just mm. been a bit passionate and honest because mm. I want to be a dad to her. Yeah. And um, mm. so for me, it's actually uh, it, it's being a foster carer." Um, has really strengthened my faith in God you, because you've got to pray for these kids who have got a lot of, they're carrying a lot of baggage themselves and what a great privilege it is, you know? And I just want to give a shout out to, obviously, all the foster carers out there doing a magnificent job and for those that might be considering it, you know, um, explore the opportunity for you. But, but definitely for me, rescuing children and God's anointed me for that. And my wife, she does a, she's a beautiful mother. And so um, I couldn't see my life. Like, I'm 55 years of age this year. But I'm just thriving. I'm just loving it. It's just great. So yeah.
0: Honestly, we could talk all night and go through so many questions. Um, Pete, I thought, Pietro. sorry, Pietro. Um, I thought maybe, I'll get it right. It's all
2: good, buddy. Um, good. I just thought driver, just to finish accent. off, <laughs> I've got to have the
0: accent. Pietro. Yeah. I just thought to finish this off, maybe you could do a response for us um, for some of the people that might be struggling with what you've gone through and yeah. if you could pray into that and so give a respon- response for that.
2: Yeah, so look, why don't, we just, uh, why don't we just bow our heads if that's okay and just yeah. close our eyes. Look, before I do that, I just really want to give a, um, a message of hope for those yeah. that are in this situation right now. Uh, the statistics are what they are, and I don't want you to be a statistic. Mm. I mean, let's take encouragement from Abraham and Sarah, yeah. and they—she laughed at God, you know, and said, "Hey, you know, I'm 99. What are you? What are you going to do about it?" But you know what? God is the miracle-working God, and with God, yeah. nothing is impossible. So, yeah. on that, I'm saying right now, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, mm. every ear—every ear that's listening to this tonight, Lord God, every couple that's struggling, yeah. Lord God, to to come and have a child Lord God those that are going through IVF those that are struggling with with donor sperm insemination all that other stuff that's going on those right now Father God that are having intimacy based upon ovulation and all that kind of technical stuff Lord Father I pray that they would just hand everything over to you hand it over to you, Lord, because the peace of God that surpasses all understanding would yep. guard their hearts and minds through Christ yep. Jesus. But Lord God, I pray for a miracle right now. Mm. Those that are in faith right now, Lord, I pray for a miracle in the mighty name of Jesus, Father God. Let us see, Lord God, coming out of COVID-19, lots of babies being born in the house, Father God. Let us see a great... A, a, a great resurrection, I guess, in, in, the, in the house of God, Lord, of, of young babies being born, Father God, and those that are trying, Lord God, give them great strength. Lord, I pray for marriages right now. I pray for the men right now that are struggling maybe with their own infertility. Lord God, I just pray that you give them grace and peace and strength, mm. that they would consider themselves, as Brodie said, a child of the living God. Mm. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, Lord God. And mm. with that, Lord God, I want to thank you. I want to thank you, Lord God, that you are the same today, yesterday, and forever. And amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit mccroylifechurch.com.au Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit
2: mccroylifechurch.com.au